Hello and welcome to episode 243 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. It's day two of the two-day Cheltenham Christmas meeting on Saturday with a host of competitive races featuring the December Gold Cup Handicap Chase run over an extended two and a half miles. We also take an in-depth look at Saturday afternoon's TV races from Doncaster where Rare Edition is due to make his seasonal reappearance. City AM Racing Editor Bill Esdale previews the best of this weekend's horse racing action, plus Wally Pyra looks ahead to Sunday's Sha Tin meeting in Hong Kong. Well, Bill joins us to look forward to Cheltenham and Doncaster on Saturday. Now, before we get to the, uh, the Cheltenham card, it's rare edition time, Bill. He's back and he's running at Doncaster. We'll talk about the race in a few minutes' time. But uh, how excited are you to get him back this season? And he's staying over the hurdles. It, it, it's a little bit of a surprise. Thought he may go chasing. What What were the thoughts behind that? Yeah, it's 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 good to have him finally back. He, he, we haven't seen him since um, Aintree last year. Was is too kind of. Slightly below, it's hard to say below par runs when you're running great ones because obviously he ran in the Supreme and he then one that ran in the grade one at Aintree. So, yeah, the plan was I mean, are you whether to go novice chasing? And to be honest, he wasn't in the best of health at the beginning of the season. You know, we had, had entries for him, but a few of Charlie's were a bit sick. He's had plenty of time to get over that and he seems really well. So, yeah, the plan was to to have a spin over hurdles first, primarily because uh, we've seen what Rubo's been doing. Yeah. And, you know, Berico Lord, who was um, obviously went and, and won the Great Wood, uh, he was behind us at Kempton that day. And then that one piece of form suggests you might as well pop hunt over hurdles to start the season and see where we go. So Saturday will tell us a lot. His early form, when he was winning, he was beating some good horses who have come out really frank the form but then he just he, he tailed off quite quickly did, did any reasons come for that was he injured or did the ground go against him or were the races just a little bit too far from him at that time of his career no no i mean if if if, if truth be told he was never the same horse um after huntington um so he won uh three three over over hurdles uh finishing off at christmas time with a really good win at kempton uh, and then we got beaten in the Sydney Banks. That form doesn't look so bad now with Marvel Sands doing what he's been doing. But the key to that run was that he scoped really bad afterwards. Mm. And he was very sick for a fortnight. And we kind of rushed him back to try and get him to Cheltenham. Um, we got him there. He seemed fine. His skin didn't look great. Uh, he, wasn't, um, he wasn't his usual bouncing self, I don't think. Um, and you know, Aintree was the ground went against him, went very soft very quickly. And Brian Hughes just rode him to get round and, and, and finish and think about this season. And you know, the plan was always, as I said, to go novice chasing. But with that early season form that he had, particularly the Kempton run, you have to have a spin at these valuable pots because you see what some of these other horses around him have been winning. Yeah. And you think, look, Saturday's a 50 grand pot, we might as well go there rather than spin around for four or five grand in a novice chase. Okay, we'll talk about the race in a few minutes' time and we'll talk a little bit more about his chances on Saturday and what you're hoping for and expecting up at Doncaster. But we'll start off at uh, 
Cheltenham in a moment or two. Just talk about the ground, first of all. We've had loads of cancellations recently. We've had ice, we've had a bit of snow, and then it all melted. We've had, had the water. But I think this weekend, it doesn't look too bad, does it? Yeah, so, well, Cheltenham's not, not terrific ground. I mean, they, they race on Friday, with what, the day that we were recording this. I mean, they've had 55 millimetres of rain in December. Uh, up to the Thursday, the 14th. Mm. Um, so they're soft ground, you know, soft and heavy in places on the cross-country course. Um, and on the new course, they're soft. Uh, they're expecting dry day Saturday, Friday and Saturday, which means that you're probably looking at good to soft. Come come Saturday, I would have thought it would dry out to that level. Yeah. Um, it dries dries out quickly there. Doncaster, on the other hand, is 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 decent ground. That's you know on the hurdle course, it's good to soft, good in places. I mean, yeah. we will be we will be probably good, good to soft in places if it carries on like it is. Come come race day on Saturday, and that's one of the reasons we're taking rare edition there. As you mentioned, it's a two day card to meeting at Cheltenham Friday and Saturday. It's on the new course on Saturday, and we start there with our preview of the TV races at one fifteen. Two miles, half a furlong, handicap chase, small field of seven. JP McManus has been absolutely brilliant recently. He's been uh, giving money away to people in Ireland, donating money out there, supporting different kind of sporting events. And uh, he's had a few G- winners. Yeah, well. yeah, they gave them a million, million euros each. It's unbelievable. Yeah, just the 32 million he gave away on um, Friday, I think it was, Thursday. Amazing. Incredible. Yeah, um, GA is, is, I mean, they must be, a, I, don't, I can't imagine. I saw a, a picture of the check. It just said 1 million euros. Yeah, euros. I mean, the yeah. funny thing, and we're going to talk about one of his runners in a second, but um, when JP's gone, we'll look back as a sport yeah. and just say, wow, how, how lucky we were to have someone yeah. like him. Someone like him who who supports so many trainers. Uh you know he's he's he just doesn't know. Um, my 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 mother, uh, when she looked after my kids, they used my kids used to call it the house of yes, because <laughs> if they asked them for anything, she'd say yes. And actually, JP's a bit like the house of yes because he looks after so many people in the sport, mm. and you see new trainers being sent horses by JP and just supporting them and staying loyal to them. And, you know, we, we heard of the donations of the GAA teams, but there's donations we you and I and everyone listening won't have even heard of. And the benefactors uh, across the sport from him are just going to be unlimited. And it's a terrifying thought that one day there won't be a JP McManus. Um, yeah. the, the ramifications that has for a sport uh, like ours is, is quite extraordinary. But what a genuinely incredible man. Yeah, and we're worried about owners having too many horses in one race. When JP's gone, watch the horses dwindle then for a while because I think he's got 500 or something. Amazing. I mean, I don't know how he can cope with that. I know he's got racing managers and, and McCoy as well, but just yeah, the, the, the cost on that, you know the cost on that more than me. Uh, 500 horses in training, Bill. And, and, and also what, what people don't realise is the horse is not in training. Uh, Martin's down, he keeps all the retired racehorses. There's fields yeah. and fields of. I was lucky enough to once go around Ender Boulder's yard and have a look around that whole area and look across the fields into Martin's town. And you've got kind of 
graded handicappers in in beautiful settings that <laughs> you and I would kill to live in uh that he just just pays to to, to keep and um look he's a, obviously an incredibly successful businessman who's made uh billions over his lifetime um but he he does not pump it back into the sport that we love yeah yeah absolutely well he's got one in the opener for us the 115 in excelsis dio harry fry as you just point out another trainer that he's supporting that this horse has been running at cheltenham recently running in october finished third there he takes on calico from the skeleton who horses seem to be needing a run this season and he's had his run he was uh second at cheltenham in november Fulham and Civila goes here for Venetia Williams and Orkun Risk, who I think you fancied last time out, is in there for Chris Gordon as well. How did you see the 115? Yeah, nice nice little race here. I mean, Calico probably was joint favourite at the moment with Inix Justice the horse we were talking about before. Calico was just reeled in last time um, at the track. I, I was there, um, looked at the race in the bag uh, at the, the, the November meeting and just got reeled in late by triple trade. He's gone up four pounds for that, which just again makes life a bit tougher. I appreciate your comments about um, the second run uh, for the stable. He's holding his form, just a big weight thing. He's got a lump 11-7 round, and mm. this horse in Exchester's Deo has, has just got 10-10. Uh, so, you know, good, a good 11 pounds makes a fair bit of difference. Uh, Calico is a 1-4-3 horse. You know, he's, he, he, he maybe still have a couple of pounds in hand. Um, but in Excelsis Deo, he's one three two. You just feel that he's better than that. Um, switching to the new course puts more emphasis on, on stamina. Uh, he got going a little bit too late behind Dancing on My Own last time. He's only gone up a pound for that run. Um, that was on good ground. Probably the, the ground will be perfect for him. Um, you know, he's a winner on soft ground. <laughs> Put more emphasis on stamina, which will help. Um, I just thought he was a winner waiting to happen. Whether it's here... It's, it's a pretty competitive race. I, I, I fancy it, it will be him. Um, you can give a squeak of a chance to Funabala Savola, uh, Venetia Williams, rated 150 now. That's why, you know, he he was running against proper grade one horses. You know, don't forget back in February when he beat uh, Alexia Donuts in the game spirit. You know, this is a game spirit winner. Um, you know, trying to give Alexia Donuts eight pounds. Um, that's a hell of a run. Um mm. It's dangerous to dismiss him as he slips down the weights, but I just feel 12 stone, you know, it's a stone and four pounds. Just think it might be too big an ass to, to, to fend off in Excelsior's day. All can risk was a bit disappointing last time, and truth be told, um, finish, finish fifth. Um, I'm going to stick with an Excelsior's day. You can get two to one with Hills. Um, I think that Johnny Burke will just ride him quietly, quietly. We know the way Calico is going to go. Finnebala Savona goes forward. Um, he just needs to tag on, get a lovely lead, and I think he's the most likely winner of the opener. But one of the highlights on Saturday is at one fifty. It's two miles four and a half. This half a furlong. This you know it's important to to remember that that it's not two and a half miles. It's a hill finish, a steep finish as well. You, you probably need a little bit more in the tank to win the the race at Cheltenham this weekend. It's the December Gold Cup, the handicap with twelve runners. Thought we might get a few more in there, but only 12 went to post. I know you featured this in your column in the City AM anti-post in the punter uh, earlier on in the week. We'll talk about Thunder Rock for Ollie Murphy and the McNeil colours. Mon Morale has had the wind up. We've got Harry Cobden on board. 
So Scottish, Emmett Mullins, my goodness, what does he do with his horses? And JP is the owner of So Scottish, tongue tie on for the first time. And we've also got Il Rodotto in there, another Paul Nichols horse. He's got Bryony Frost on board in the pink and purple colours, covered by uh, Chris Giles. It's a combination with uh, Jed Mason and a couple of other run owners as well. And you like Il Rodotto in your anti-posts. Things changed since then? No, I mean, you, it's, it's always it's difficult to change. I mean, I put up two. I put up Il Rodotto and Railway Hurricane. And look, they're both in to start with, which is which is what you want. Um, I thought this was so competitive and so wide open. And, you know, I've been in conversations with different people who fancy different horses in this race. Yeah. I mean, if you go down the list, Thunder Rock has the best recent form. He should win on all uh, on all known form off his current mark. You know, a horse that's been mixing it. And, uh, you, know, you know, don't forget, he beat Marlon Mission on his reappearance. And the previous form was with That's All Right Gino. And, you know, before that, it was the real whacker who was chasing home. And then before that, it was second to Jerry Colomb. You know, he's got just brilliant form. Um, and it's the perfect race room. Just a price thing with him, but you can make a case out for him. Mon Morales had his win done. You know, he's he we know he's a proper grade one performer, um, Mon Morales. So if he jumps fences properly, he's competitive. So Scottish looks the absolute kind of JP plot dog job for Emmett Mullins, Mark Walsh. They're running Fakir de Dereo off 12 stones. So this one gets a lovely racing weight of 10-7. You can make a case out for him. Il Rodoto I put up because I like uh, on, on the basis that, look, he, he might not be brilliantly handicapped, but he's rock solid. He's had the run. We know he goes really well at the track. Um, the switch to the new course will help him to third in the Paddy Power. Lots to like about him. He's just bang rock solid. Um, you could say the same for Fugitive. And Frero Bamboo was a winner and all but winner last time if he hadn't counted the last at Newbury when I was there and he has just 10 stone two so the point being look if you fancy one in this have a go because you can't really have a strong opinion and that was fun enough the main reason I mm. put up just a kind of small speculative each way on Railway Hurricane because Gav Cromwell has the most extraordinary record at Cheltenham yeah. and here's a horse that you know he's run a couple of times here at Cheltenham already this season um Second, the first day when he was just a horse swung around at the start, and he basically had to count to five or six before he got going. And he sneaked into that race, but was never going to get anywhere near Idalco Beho, whatever it's called. Um, but ran really well over two and a half miles on decent ground. And then last time, ran okay behind Ginny's Destiny, but again, got massively interfered with, badly hampered two out. And, you know, that, that meant he was, you know, he's beaten 15 lengths rather than four or five. Um, it's just it's just a horse that will sneak into this and others will cry enough. And I just thought that he might hit the frame at kind of 20, 25 to 1. Yeah. Um, Connor Stonewalsh takes the five pounds off because he's running from five pounds out of the handicap. So look, I, I just thought he was he was worth a play. But I, I'm not going to change my mind. I'll, I'll stick with Irodoto and, and Railway Hurricane. Am I supremely confident? No. To, would, I, would I expect to kind of, you know, be surprised if Thunder Rock or Monroe? Um, and for that reason I, I, that's why I, I, I like to play a horse like Railway Hurricane because I think he can run really well It looks to have a, a decent each way chance, I'm surprised he's so big I know it's got a lot of depth to the, the race as you just pointed out but his form's not bad, he runs well at Cheltenham and the trainer's just 
just knows everything, doesn't he? Really, it, it is the depth of the race, and actually, you know, I, I, if I'm honest, my confidence was is is not as high as it should be because of the depth of the race. Yeah, um, I was putting these up before um, declaration, so when I saw Fakir Dairy declare <laughs> and so Scottish declare, and they all stood their ground, I was like, oh, God. Um, <laughs> You know, you're only playing with three places. You know, you're suddenly seeing, well, that's definitely going to hit the frame. Thunder yeah. Rock in its days can't be out of the three. And so Scottish probably shouldn't be out of the three. And if Mon Morale is, is as good as, as the Nichols Camp think he might be off his current mark with his win done, there's your three places gone. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of, you know, it's very competitive. But look, yeah. it's Cheltenham. Anything can happen. Small yeah. stakes. Enjoy it. I I, I think Railway Hurricane um, might sneak into it. He's a bit quirky. Um, but I think it can run really well. It looks a good good race, really decent race there at 150 on Saturday. 225, three miles, two furlongs for a handicap chase. Field the nine. Um, the McNeil family have got three under through five. They'll be looking for another big winner after Thunder Rock in the previous race. Nichols and Cobden uh, combining for those two. And Broadway Boy for the Twist and Davis family who won at Cheltenham at the November meeting. Didn't just win, did he? He won by 20 lengths, beating we've all been caught. We've got easy as that for the very much in form at this time of the year, Venetia Williams team, who was horses seem to run really well, whichever race they go for. Melina Girls, another one from the Gavin Cromwell yard and the Skeltons have Protectorat, who's in there as big as six to one, I can see, is the biggest price, who went off as one of the favourites, second favourite in the end, for the Grade 1 Betfair Chelsea at Haydock, now in a little bit uh, easier company, going handicap chasing. Are you surprised by that? Yeah, I mean, he just wasn't his usual self at Haydock. Um, and there aren't options for him. And, you know, he was 14 to 1 earlier in the week. And you can totally see the logic of why he's kind of 11 to 2, 6 to 1 now. Second run back after a wind up. But I just didn't like the way he did it at Haydock, um, particularly as you consider how he'd done it 12 months before. Uh, it just wasn't his his kind of form. Uh, look, he, he If he runs to his mark, it'll be very hard to beat here. Uh, the ground will be perfect. He could do with it a bit more rain, to be honest. But he should be hard to beat. But he's trying to give very good horses nearly two stone in some cases and that's just a big big ask yeah and look it's it's a good old-fashioned chase here and you know where you get classy horses trying to give two stone away so it's a good spectacle he's t he's, he's got loads of of class will his class be enough potentially um i'd like a bit more juice in his price before before i went with him uh three under through five i i, I fancied enormously Last time where he was just touched off at Wincanton. That was an okay run. Um, he's just becoming one of these nearly horses. It's just a mm. bit frustrating and he's a bit short. I could totally get the case for him. I think he'll run his usual solid race in the presence of a protector at means he gets a nice, nice racing weight. Uh, I, I, I'm just really keen on Broadway boy. I've, I was really impressed with him last time. Uh, that was a, a, a proper dismantling job and he's becoming a bit of a, Cheltenham specialist, you know, he um, he won uh, uh, handicap hurdle back back in April, and then you know he was second to Florian Porter on his second chase start. That was no mean feat, and then then was just ran them ragged last time. Uh, stays all day, 
Pepper with a plating by Tristan Davis. They could have gone to Kempton for the Porto Star, but they decided to come here off 146. <clears throat> Three mile two should be no bother for him. Um, look, I respect City Chief. Definitely respect easy as that. Molina girl won here last time. So again, it's similar to last race. It's competitive, but just think Broadway boy will run really well. I'm going to say, look, yeah, I, th I think he's, he's kind of seven or two, four to one, but best price, you know, it's, it's a competitive race. I think he's going to run really well. I wouldn't put anyone off taking 25s about him for the Brown advisory at the festival. He reminds me a lot of uh black lion stable had who ended up winning that race um, and just jumps for fun, stays all day. And it's Stamina that wins the that wins the day in, in, in races like this. And I think 25s is a big price for him if he was to win here. And yeah, I just I just think he'll run really well. I just love his attitude. And I think he's just on, on, a, on a sharp upward curve and will take a fair bit of whacking here. It's always a tough racing and it's always tough to find the winner at Cheltenham. But I think at three o'clock, you're going to be really struggling to find the winner of the three mile novice hurdle with a field of 10. These are five-year-olds, all lightly raced. Shanna Bob's another Donnelly horse, probably another superstar in the Nicky Henderson yard. But it won its point to point quite nicely. And then he won, won, won at Plumpton by seven lengths, two to nine favourite. He's only had the one run in the UK. He won that James Bowen road that day. Nico de Boinville's on board on Saturday, taking on Destroy the Evidence for Kim Bailey, who's got a little bit more experience and has won three races for the yard. Ilico Ducott's in there for the Skeltons, another lightly raced, point-to-point -point winner, and then second at Linkfield, beating in a photo finish. These are tough to find these because there's so much potential in here. They've all done really well to get to a race like this already at, at Cheltenham in December. How on earth do you go ahead and sort of search for the winner of this? Yeah, it, it, another race difficult to have a, have the strongest of views because, like you say, you're betting on reputation, potential, yards. You know, some of these horses have beaten nothing and they're priced up because of who they're trained by, who they're owned by. The Shanna Bob is has got all the potential in the world he's obviously owned by the donnellys he's by marla you know he cost 200 grand you know he's he's, he's he looks the real deal but his full form is a plumpton win do you know what i mean and he, and he beat all the glory as he's entitled to do so and he's got to take a step up in trip he might be very classy he he looks rock solid uh that'd be no surprise to me if he won but i certainly wouldn't be in a hurry to take seven or four uh Destroy the Evidence has more form in the book. Um, looks the obvious danger on paper. Uh, will definitely stay one well at Kempton. Took the step up in trip at Kempton. But Cheltenham's a very different um, course to, to to those flat tracks like Kempton on 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 you know softer ground. You know this will be the softest ground he's encountered, even though it does dry out. And for that reason, I'd probably give him a swerve and. You know the the skeleton horse was the one that potentially interested me, but again, I thought he'd he'd be a bit bigger uh, on the basis he was beating odds on at Lingfield, but he would have learnt a lot. Step up and trip and softer ground will probably help, so I could certainly see him um, playing a playing a part in this. Um, I thought this was so tough that I was going to swing the bat and go for one at a much bigger price, which was Moon Durange. 
the Irish Raider, John McConnell's horse, in pieces for the first time. Now, this horse is freely available at 12s across the board, and the most likely scenario is he's not good enough. But the reason I like him is he's had loads of goes. He's from a yard that has started to hit form. Mm. Um, you know, they've had four winners in the last 14 days. I think they went you know, a month with nothing. So um, they've started to come back. We saw the horse run well in the Coral Gold Cup. Mile the mission, so we know the stables on a bit bit of a comeback tour, yeah. um, which means that I'm happy to put my yeah kind of pen that stri strike through some of his his kind of disappointments. He's fizz a fiddle. He's had four runs since October. Shaped well at Carlisle and ran well at Thurleys, and just looks like he'll relish the trip. Um, everything on paper says he's not good enough, but look. That we know the actual Albert Bartlett, the race in March can spring up surprises and be no surprise to me if this horse took a big step forward. Um, and at 12 or 14s, whatever it be, I'd certainly take a chance on him just to surprise some of the flashier ones, um, be fully prepared for him to bomb out. But I think he's just worth a, a bit of a speculative each way at a big price. Okay, and then the final race at Cheltenham on Saturday, it's going to be in the dark almost, 3.35, extended two and a half miles, it's the Mayor's Handicap Hurdle with 10 runners. I know you featured this in your column as well. And I think the, the, the likely favourite, Lucia, is not in the race. It's changed the complexion of it. I know you, you like Bonte, who goes for Fergal O'Brien in the uh, his colours here. Theatre Glory was a little bit disappointing last time out at Ascot. Well, I thought we both thought that she could go and win that race for Nikki Henderson. And Nurse Susan, another one you like here, for the skeletons uh, in a race that, that has changed now. And Bonte is the favourite. I think it was quite much, well, it was much bigger, wasn't she, when you, you put her up on, on Tuesday into Wednesday? Yeah, I mean, the the kind of antipose column we, we put up Tuesday into Wednesday, so it's all written on Tuesday morning. You're doing it nowhere near declaration, so you've got to kind of guess who runs. And you're trying to beat the book, and that's ultimately what you do. And... You can make a right tit of yourself and you've got to back a fair few losers along the way um, to back the winners. And that's the nature of anti-post betting. And, you know, last weekend I put up a couple of horses um, that I warned in the column were going to be likely not not run up at two horses up in the London yeah. Gold Cup uh, London at the last race at uh, <laughs> Sandown. And on, on the hope that I thought the... Um, uh, the the away meeting was going to get cancelled where they were both the engaged. Meeting, Chepstow, it, yeah, and, yeah. and they both they both went for Chepstow first preference. So two horses that I knew were going to be suited by Sandown, but I wrote it in the column. Um, you get messages and people moan and all that kind of stuff. But look, it's nature of the beast. But this week <laughs> we went for two in this race, and look, lots can change, and you get non runners again before before the day, but. I didn't fancy Lucia to line up. We put up Bonte at kind of fives, 11 or two, I think was available. She's now threes. And we put up Nurse Susan at 10 and 12, and she's now kind of 92, five. So from that point of view, um, I'm very happy with what we've got. Um, I like Bonte. I like the fact that this has been the plan. Um, as we, we kind of made, alluded to in the column, you know, some of these horses are coming here as an afterthought. You know, when Bonte won at Hereford, Fergal O'Brien said straight away afterwards that will put us straight up, yeah, bang on for Cheltenham in December. That's her target. And, you know, she's she's a horse who's got Cheltenham form, you know, one, two bumpers at Cheltenham, goes on 
decent ground, goes on soft ground, so the ground, good soft ground should be ideal. Step up and trip should be perfect for um, her being by Westerner. Just lots to like about her. She's rock solid. I think she'll run really well. Nurse Susan for the Skeletons, switching back over hurdles from, from fences. Um, she's got that one really classy bit of form, fourth to love envoy in a mayor's novices a couple of years ago. I mean, that's that's really good form. And she had a her first run back in back in November after two years off over fences didn't go according to plan, but second run back for the yard back over hurdles. I just think she'll run really well. Um, so look, not going to change. Uh, I'll, I'll stick with the two we put up. I do fear theatre glory, like like we said, we both fancied her last time. Um, I, I really fancied her last time, and I was really disappointed with the way she ran at Ascot. Yeah. And you know, people have said to me, "Yeah, but it was first run back." But she just didn't find anything, did she? When she needed to, I thought. Well, the thing was, the thing was, is that she's she's just got a great record, fresh, mm. and she's desperate for good ground. And yeah, you know, she's coming back after two hundred days off at Ascot on good yeah. ground. Yeah, on a trip that's just below two and a half, so two mile three and a half around Ascot. I just thought, wow, this is perfect. And you know, we were putting her up at kind of threes and fours earlier in the week and she went off seven or four favorite mm. sat watching i couldn't believe my eyes when i saw her just empty she traveled into the race and just emptied yeah. so maybe it was fitness she's got the class edge on these she's definitely classy if she brings her a game unfortunately she'll be too good for them but i didn't see anything there that warrants me to rush to back her off 12 stone against these over two miles four and a half on ground that's plenty soft enough for her and it'll dry out but she's definitely a horse that like, likes decent ground um you know, I I know how much the yard like Theatre Glory. I was at, at Henderson's last before for Cheltenham last year, and you know the team there were were, were, were talking her up as a a genuine mayor's novices her mayor's chase the mayor's hurdle winner. You get her in the end, which is a great one. You know, and she was sick to honeysuckle, but the ground was soft. She didn't run too bad. If they get her back to that sort of form, she'll just win this. But I I saw like you, no sign of that form. Um, at Ascot last time, and I'll, I'll stick with those two, Bonte and uh, Susan. Hopefully, they can they finish first and second. Yeah, she'd have to show it to me first before you start putting money on her now. And she just, when when she had the chance, she just didn't seem to follow it through. But you might, she may not have been quite ready for the day. We'll find out a little bit more about her on Saturday at Cheltenham in the, uh, the final race there. You're off to Doncaster to see a rare edition. We'll talk about his race in a moment. We'll start there with the 2.05. Two miles three furlong for Novices Limited Handicap Chase. Always seem to get small fields when it's a limited handicap these days. Serendipities in there for Sue Smith. as the the North. Try and stay in the North and keep the money up there. Mr. Who goes for Toby Laws. Find the time for Nicky Richards. And we've got cruise control for Tom Lacey. Harry Fry sends Deeper Blue up. And Glorian Honours in there for Sam England. Uh, it, it's a race when the horses we don't see down in the south that often. It's, they tend to stay up north. And uh, this is what they're doing on Saturday. How did you see this 205? Looks a bit tricky, this one, I think. Yeah, it does. It, it does look a bit tricky because the ground's going to be decent. And that was my... Concern with serendipity, the, the favourite for Sue Smith Yards in great form. She's had three winners under six in the last yeah. fortnight. Um, but that last win at Weatherby was on soft ground. Um, she got bits of form on heavy ground. Uh, and she didn't run great on a debut on on um, on good ground. Oh, he, people she from the mayor's race we've just been covering. Um, he didn't run great on, on, on decent ground. And for that reason, I didn't want to really be with him. Um, Mr. Who. 
for Toby Laws. You know, ran okay last time. Um, plenty short enough uh, for a horse that that you know has got bits and pieces of form. You know, would ran on a bit behind option last time at Lingfield over two and a half and didn't look to me like a horse who wanted dropping a trip. Um, I may have read that wrong with him, but I, I wasn't in a hurry to back him at two shoulder price. Um, I, I was prepared to swing the bat here with a couple of big prices, uh, both double figures. I was I, I was keen on, I thought Glory and Honour would, would run well uh, for Sam England. Um, got a horrendous numbers of twos. Um, I was going to use that awful more seconds and all of a twist line, but I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> um, but four twos back to back, second to cruise control, um, who reposes on three pounds better terms with that. Um, I just thought, I thought he was just a bit disrespected in the market at tens. Yeah, just a horse that's in really good form and hasn't been hugely punished by the handicapper. I thought Glory and Honor was was overpriced at tens and. And then Henry's friend at kind of 14s for the Ben Pauling yard, first run after a wind surgery. I know it's always a bit of a gamble, um, but I was keen on the fact that he, that the wind surgery had happened for him because he was really good here back in March uh, in a novice hurdle, beat Moon Hunter, and then was woeful next time against um, West Balboa at Aintree in the three-mile race. That three-mile handicap with you know the, the West Barber one and Mill Green, who I fancy was third, and um, I, I thought that went off single-figure prize that day, Henry's friend, and just obviously if the breathing was the problem, which it looks like it may have been, um, could, could just be far too good for these off one two eight, and I was prepared to swing the bat at fourteens each way. So, glory and honor, and Henry's friend, kind of ten and 14s I thought was a good each way way of playing this race let's talk about rare edition then in the 240 two miles half a furlong it's a handicap hurdle feel the 12 gonna post I mean you, it's not an easy race to come back in the first of the season it's got young Bradley Roberts claiming five on board for your pay the bill syndicate we've taken on you know decent horses in like Tommy's Oscars in there for the Hamiltons and Jean Coco who won at Ascot recently, just, what, three weeks ago, for Harry Fry and Ben Bromley. He takes five off as well. Clear white light also in there for Adrian Keatley, who won last time at Doncaster over this trip. So it's a pretty tough assignment to start his season off. Yeah, it is It is. It is tough. And, you know, when you're kind of out of novice company into open company, it's not, never easy to find the right race for him. The key was, look, first run back, um, He's really pleased Charlie in the last two, three weeks. Uh, he's had an away day to Lambourne, and Jess, who who wrote, rode him that day, was really pleased with him. Uh, worked with Hector Chavalet and did everything really nicely. Um, Bradley, who rides him here. Um, look, Brian Hughes can't ride him. Um, normally rides him, can't ride him here because he's got to ride for his stable. And... But Bradley rides him every morning, so it was just the obvious thing to take five off him and put put Bradley on. But mm -hmm. Bradley schooled him early in the week, a couple of days ago. Really happy with him. Um, look, it's a competitive race, but we know if the horse that turns up that turned up at Kempton that gave Rubo a seven length beating off levels turns up, I think he's going to take the world of beating. And that's not me being over bullish about a horse that that that, that I, I kind of involved in. Um, that's a fact. He's just, uh, you know, off his, in essence, running off one three one, 
Um, if we get the same horse that, that won at Kenton back, he should win this race. Um, that's the big if. Um, if if any of those two below par runs have left his mark, if he's a bit ring rusty, which he shouldn't be, um, you know, th th then the question marks slip in. But you know, how many horses could beat Rubo seven lengths off levels yeah. over hurdles? They're, 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 you know, you're, you're you're you're. It's not a great long list. Um, I respect Jim Coco enormously. I was at Ascot the day he won. Um, he he kind of crept into that race and got the job done. Um, Harry's kind of come out and said since that you know he's got to go and do it again and put put two good runs together and Ben Bromley takes the five off so so I respect him and clear white light won well last time at the at the track um, he's back out again taking some weight off I respect him too didn't travel particularly well that day but stamina kind of kicked in I think there'll be more of an emphasis of speed you mentioned Tommy's Oscar. You know, he's running champion hurdles, but he's he's got a fair bit of weight to give away. Um, you know, it's no easy feet, feet giving kind of twelve stone, oh, sorry, twelve stone uh, stone a bit away. The rare edition. So look, we go there. Can you be confident? Mm, I, I'd be disappointed if he doesn't go really close in in, in a race like this. Um, that's a fifty grand race, and so like I say, it's competitive, but. Um, I think he's going to run really well. Um, I respect Jim Coco, um, but I, I, I'd like to think he'll go very close to winning. Well, have a safe journey up there on Saturday to Doncaster. I bet Brian Hughes is delighted. He can't ride rare edition. He's on the 25 to 1 outsider for the McCain yard. There you go. Life of a jockey, eh, Bill? You wouldn't, you know, <laughs> he's got no chance of really winning that race at all now he had half a chance when he was on rare edition and now he can't win it he's on 25 to 1 but he's got to go where the boss is i guess yeah well it's it's they pay the bill so you know it's it's um it's 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 he's he's, he's got a job to, job to do and you know to be, to be honest in the handicap you you always look to maybe take a bit of weight off anyway so um mm. you know bradley deserves and, and bradley does all the work you know, write yeah. him every day every morning you know it's kind of important to um that he's he's given the chance, you know, because these young kids have got to be given the chance. Yeah, and and a lot of them have come forward after being given the chance and done really well. So we'll uh, wish him all the best. And that's at two forty on Saturday afternoon at Doncaster. If you want to watch Rare Edition, that's the race he's in. We've got one more race to look at. Three fifteen. They run over three miles. Handicap chase with eleven. My old mate, Mr. Coffee, I think he's never won a chase. He's in another one here. For Nicky Henderson, the Lady Bamford Colours, forward plan's going to be quite popular for Anthony Honeyball. Uh, having won well, quite a while back now in March at Southall. We've got Sailor Way in here for the Skeltons. And Whistle in the Dark, Laura Morgan had big hopes for him at Cheltenham. And he finished eighth behind Stage Star in his most recent effort. How do you see the finale at Doncaster on Saturday? Um, I, I won't be here for the finale. <laughs> I definitely would have gone, and so I won't. I won't punish myself with more Mister Coffee. Um, I thought he was going to run really well at Cheltenham last time. I thought he was massively overpriced in that novice chase, and everyone kept saying to me, "How can you fancy him? He's such a dog." And I was like, yeah, but I think that was me. That's yeah. It so wasn't. You weren't alone in that <laughs> in that chorus. Well, I just said, look, he's, he's he's just got that bit of class, and five to one's just too big a price, and all, all this kind of stuff. 
And I was at Cheltenham, and then he was jumping away and then just dogged it. And I thought, oh, God. <laughs> he was the last to finish, but he just ran woeful. But look, Broadway boy, you know, as I said, he's a good horse in his own right. Yeah, yeah. But the anchor seemed to fall out the side of the saddle, and he just dropped like a rock on. He goes well fresh, and the ground was soft, and the trip was perfect. I just thought, oh, that's a woeful run. Here he is back on a sounder surface, which probably shouldn't suit him. Over a trip that's a bit shorter than ideal, probably shouldn't suit him. And his favourite. <laughs> just, I mean, look, if he wins, great. There isn't a horse that deserves it more at the age of eight, so so good luck to him. Can't carry my cash. I'm sure there'll be people that are... Um... He's by authorised. It's a derby-winning sire. He shouldn't even been in handicap chases, really, should he? Yeah, well, I think the Mr. Coffee fan club is a, is kind of self-harming fan club that want to kind of stick stick with him, and they probably deserve a day in the sunshine. So, so yeah, okay. good, uh-huh. good luck to them. Um, I was kind of looking at the sail away um, form, and you know, he I was at Newby the day he he kind of made his reappearance a few weeks back, and you know, over trip too short, and he kind of got tired late on and was was tenderly handled and he'll he'll strip fitter for that uh behind can do kid that's the race that Fran Frere bamboo threw away um that was off one for five he's been dropped a pound <laughs> I, I thought he'd run well but then I was just looking at his forward forward plan and forward plan I thought was the one I wanted to be with here uh have also had the benefit of of a, of a run first time up is better off with sell away for that 11 length beating back at air in April um, didn't run terrible at Wincanton. I thought it was a really hard race. Um, um, I couldn't really understand um, how he, he's running off one two five, but ran off one three two. I presume it was like an early closing race for the Badger Beer, um, but I couldn't work out if it was a seven pound drop or just he's always been around one two five and had to run off one three two. I presume he's always been around one two five, but that run can be upgraded behind Blackjack Magic and. I just thought he was going to run really well. I was hoping for a slightly bigger price. I looked at the race before the betting was out, and I thought, oh, this one might be seven eights, um, and he's around eleven to two. I still wouldn't be put off. I wouldn't go maximum bet material, but I think he'll just run solid and run forward, um, stable or going okay. Um, by okay, you know they've 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 had a couple of winners in the last fortnight, so that kind of helps the Honeyball teamer. Are always worth sticking with when the winners start to come through. And um, I thought had a fair racing mark, runs in essence off 10-5 with Ben Godfrey. I, th- I thought he was the one. I thought it was a competitive race. Um, you could swing the bat with horses like two shots of tequila, but I thought this horse was more solid. And uh, yeah, I'd go with forward plan. So let's have a look forward to Sunday morning at Chartier Racecourse. We've got a 10-race card from 5 o'clock in the morning UK time. It's going to be tough to follow last week, clearly, with the racing this weekend. Our racing expert, Wally Pyra, joins us. And, Wally, before we look forward to Sunday's card, I'm sure you've got a few little nuggets in there. Just tell us, how was your week in Hong Kong last Sunday at the international meeting? It was just fantastic, wasn't it? Golden 60, the highlight, I'm sure, not only for you, but for... For many people in Hong Kong, how how was your week away? Well, the week was wonderful because I hadn't been back for four years, so it was lovely to meet up with, um, you know, jockeys, trainers, friends, colleagues. Um, yeah, it was a, it was wonderful. But 
As regards the, the day's racing last Sunday, I have to say my long career, um, it was probably one of the best experiences of my life in horse racing. And I say that despite having left the track with <laughs> far, far less dollars and money in my pocket than what I started yeah. with. But nevertheless, you cannot beat sometimes races and a race day experience that I took on Sunday, uh, last Sunday. There were 65,000 people there, and I firmly believe that me and the 64,999 people all felt the same. The, um, yes, the highlight had to be um, uh, Golden 60. The reasons being that before the race, he looked like he, he had a terrible he had a terrible task um, on hand. He hadn't run for, what was it, 270-odd days. Um, he got drawn barrier 14. And I have to say, and probably listeners to this podcast would say the same, that I thought he, he, he had a monumental task ahead of him. But after, in fact, two furlongs, how Vincent Ho got him into midfield in a three well he was two or three wide with cover i don't know and i said to a colleague of mine before, where i was standing next to i said listen this horse has won this race just look where he is and lo and behold what he did from the two furlong to the furlong marker was just well it was just unreal and the commentator this mac mac mcnamara yeah. i mean the race caller he is one of the best in the world. And I just yeah. thought he came out with these lines at the end. Well, what was it that um, when he shot three, four lengths clear at the, uh, the furlough marker that he said, um, and I've written it down, that's not a whip, that's a wand. Yeah. <laughs> that ride from Vincent is magic. And he was absolutely spot on. He was brilliant. Um the other race, Romantic Warrior, yes, that crowned the day for all the, the local Hong Kong supporters of racing over there. That crowned it. Great ride by J Mac, uh, James McDonald to just hang on. And he did just hang on from Luxembourg, um, which crowned the day for the Hong Kong racing people there. To me... I'm still so, so, so upset with the ride again, what the connections did of the horse prognosis. I really did fancy prognosis that day. And I remembering what Purton said when he ran behind Go um, the Romantic Warrior um, in the QE2 Cup in April, that he was given the wrong riding instructions. And if he had been closer to the uh, speed tempo, he would have gone very close to winning. Well, obviously, Purton didn't, couldn't speak to connections because he wasn't riding it. And unfortunately, they came up with the same scenario again. Of course, what happened, he had to bob and weave his way through. I think he was beaten just around a length, but had no chance at all. You cannot give... Group one horses, three or four length start when they you turn into the home stretch. You've got to be yeah. closer to it. And that's what happened. And it was a really, really sore wound that, that yeah. I suffered in that race. But oh dear. you leave the race course 
and you say, what a brilliant day that will go down in the memory bank. Yeah. What about this Sunday then? It's going to be a slightly different atmosphere and slightly different kind of racing, isn't it, really? We're not we're not going to get sixty five thousand people there, but it's still a very it's a mix a mixed bag of dirt um, all weather racing and turf racing. As you said, there's ten races, but really I have to focus on the trainer Pierre mm, again. I mean, I did mention him a few weeks back when he had a few winners, but he's just unreal at present. I was looking up through the. Um, the past records this season, that this 40-year-old trainer has had winners at the last 12 race meetings in Hong Kong. Now, that is some mean feat. He's 10 clear in the jockey's, uh, sorry, the trainer's title race. He's 10 clear. Um, he's he's had, four, what is it? He's had 32 winners. Yeah, 32 winners so far this season. I reiterate, he's, eight, he's 10 winners clear. He's got five runners on Sunday. Now, we all know in Hong Kong, the old gods of fortune can soon turn their backs on people and who are having a great time. And then the next minute, they get nothing and then they have they go on to a losing run. But really and truly, the way his horses are performing is very difficult to go um, to bet against his horses. As I say, he's got a handful of runners. His, pro- his probable best chance is this horse called Athleticism, which runs in the 840 over a mile. He won last time out. Yes, he's got a penalty, but he's got Purton aboard again. He's going to take a lot of beating. I imagine that he, will be, he won't be a very big price. He's also got um, Jumbo Legend, and I'm looking here who runs in the 7.40, race six, a seven furlong handicap. And Teton, they team up again, and they look like a real winning combination. They've had nine winners from, what, 38 runners when they've combined these two. They've got this horse, Jumbo Fortune, who was a little bit, a shade unlucky last time out, come from a long way back and wide. This time he's got draw, draw one. I would imagine he'll be much closer to the pace. He looks to have a winning chance. And there's a horse that interests me in the last, which I really like this one. It's a horse called um, Mugen. Mugen, who one last time out showed an explosive turn of finishing pace in the last two, um, the last furlong, furlong and a half. I mean, he clocked under 23 seconds his last uh, furlong time. He for a last two furlong time. He must have a chance, but against him are these horses. Wonder Bar that's got a two from two record, and it's got McDonald riding for John Size. You've got Purton who climbs aboard a horse called Car Ying Victory, who's also two from two, but they were in Griffin races last year. That that's for youngsters. But he's looked very good in um he's very looked very good in trials. And then you've got the likes of um the more experienced, excellent fighter, module construction. They're good horses in their own right. And a nice horse that had, had a nice introduction, celestial colours that ran out of steam in the last 50, 100 metres. So all in all, it's a very tough race, but I like the look of this Moog, and I think he'll run well. 
and he'll be a fair price, especially against the likes of Wonder Bar and um, uh, Kaiing Victory. So he's probably the man still to follow, Pierre. Mm -hmm. I hope I don't come on next Sunday and say, well, obviously the bubble burst with him. But at the moment, he's very difficult to overlook. The other, the other thing, finally, I have to say is, is the feature race of the day, which is the Luck Fook Jewelry Cup Handicap. Luck Fook are these, it's, it's funny, when I go to Hong Kong, you all see this Luck Fook jewelry, which are so bright and golden. <laughs> Every time you get windows as you walk past it, God, yeah. well, look at this, this gold staring me in the face, looking in the window in the street. Um, they're sponsoring the meeting. This is a £280,000 five furlong dash. Um, it features a horse called, um, uh, what in uh, and I'm looking down. Well, he's invincible, not I was going to say imperial sage, but invincible sage, who's won his two races in impressive fashion this season with uh, Hugh Bowman aboard. He now steps up in class and he's taking on some pretty fast fine machine here. Notably, he's got Kerpany from the Casper Founds Yard, who's got Ellis Wong claiming his £10. Now, Ellis Wong's not going to have to do much. He's just going to have to point this horse in the right direction and let him run. He's very quick and he's got a chance. Also, you've got Wonder Kit, Whiz Kid, Ping High Galaxy, but there's also Dream Winner. Now, I remember mentioning this horse last season. He was reckoned to be the second coming when he won his first three races. But then he blew up and he was disappointed. He's already been disappointing this year. But I'd have to point out to listeners that he had a trial recently. Vincent Ho just let him go when the barriers opened, the stalls opened. He came home. I think he won by five or six, six lengths in that uh trial which looks like exactly what's going to happen on Sunday so all in all it's going to be an exciting spectacle it's a matter of blink and you'll miss the result because that's how quick they will go who will win is anybody's guess I think that Invincible Sage will start a short price especially again with Perton taking over from Bowman but I wouldn't want to take short odds especially as I say with the likes of Kerpany and um, a dream winner in the race. Finally, if you want to know what I will be supporting on Sunday, I'm going to go for a horse called Karma from the Casper uh, Founds Yard. He runs in race eight. Uh, sorry, what is it? No, race nine, that's it. The um, one-mile handicap, class three at 9.15. The reason I'm supporting this horse is that he's run well this season. Big, highly progressive galloper, this is. Last time he ran at uh, Happy Valley, connections were worried about how he was going to act around the course. They were completely right. When he came, he was all at sea during the race. He came round the bend. He nearly joined the people in the beer garden when he came round the bend before Vincent got him, got him, you know, onto the right footing. And then he absolutely rattled home. He got beat by a horse called Chilchibi 
which was is a three-time winner and there's a horse that's probably going to be lined up for the Hong Kong Derby. This time, uh, Karma's got an inside draw, so he'll be nicely placed from the off and the long home straight at Charlton will suit him down to the ground. So he will be the horse that I will fancy on Sunday. Great stuff. Thanks, Wally. Thanks to Bill as well for his preview. Good luck to him and the connections of Rare Edition up at Doncaster on Saturday afternoon. Come home safe and have a fun day up there. That's all from us for today, but we'll be back again next week as we take our usual look ahead to the weekend's top racing action. So please make sure you join us then if you can. Don't forget to visit the City AM website for all the latest news and horse racing tips and follow the podcast on Apple Tunes, Spotify, Amazon Music and Stitcher to get the latest episodes as soon as they're released.